Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Jonathan and I in high school, because we had a lot of friends and got invited to parties, um, we went to a, a, like a fourth division semi-pro soccer league like pretty consistently um yeah. and like like we like go brought bucks. people yeah yeah go bucks um the, the the slight problem with that was that we sort of took over the supporter section and then there was like a counter revolt against us and and we stopped going because we went to college you know there's nothing uh, I mean, wrong in general with just think, think of how think of how much more effective student sections would be if they rotated at halftime so that was our big thing is that instead of, so like the, the section was like in the first half, you were with the opposing goalie and the second half you were, you were with like uh, the team, like, like your goalie. And we were like, no, 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 we aren't letting this goalie off the hook. We're following, <laughs> yeah, we're following this dude around. Uh, yeah. and, and the first or second time we did that, uh, we got a ball kicked at us because we started chanting the guy's sister's name. <laughs> Because he put it in his like college bio. <laughs> That's effective. Also, you don't do that. That's why you don't do that. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast um a not losing four to nothing friend of the uh, touchline media group shout out muga make united great again uh their team we're recording this on tuesday night lost four to nothing in a serious game it was it was pretty funny so um shout out to mariah who had a good day today uh i am your host asa aka the twig um i am here with a panel of guests i uh I'm being abandoned by my, my co-host, Greg, because I told him the wrong night for recording. So uh, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group. We have a new website. Uh, check it out. Uh, as well as the whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. Uh, recently, uh, they have been doing a lot of Ohio stuff. Uh, visit Ohio, move to Ohio, get a job in Ohio, et cetera. Uh, not into it. Not going to move to Ohio. Uh, very, very happily uh, not moving to Ohio. So uh, on that note, we are joined by a uh, cast member and, and good friend of the pod, Jonathan. Jonathan, how you doing? Good, good, good. Great to be here today. Great to be here. All right. We're, we're also joined by, uh, by new guest, Matt. Uh, I, I actually don't know Matt's last name. I'm not going to put it in the chat because, you know, cancelable takes will happen. Uh, but Matt, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Uh, awesome. And we are joined by... Uh, I think at this point I can say regular contributor, like at four episodes, I think like guy who, who, who occasionally comes on the pod to spread some knowledge, uh, Justin Thind of 24 seven sports. And uh, honestly, one of the better Instagram profiles that, that you'll see out there. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Let, let's see if it gets the four digit followers first before you give me that title. <laughs> um, so, so we're here today to, to talk about uh, a lot of things, obviously, 
Um, spring ball is over. Uh, there, there, there was a spring, let's call it practice. Uh, it was, it was supposed to be a game. Then it turns out that there are like six and a half offensive linemen on Michigan state at the moment, uh, between injuries and transfers and so on and so forth. Um, so we're going to talk about all of it. And, uh, before we get started, um, I was reminded that this is a mashup podcast. So two bits of, of news. One, haha, suck it, Columbus crew. Two, uh, the U.S. women's national team got drawn into the CONCACAF championship. Uh, somehow they got drawn with Mexico. How could that have happened? Uh, for those of you who pay attention to the NCAA tournament, this is about as surprising as uh, Izzo getting matched up with Duke. We all knew it was going to happen. It was boring. And then they were like, wow, what a great first round draw. Anyways, so uh, now that we are on the other side of spring ball, we, we had a, a, a frankly massive recruiting event um, on the day of the spring game. So Justin, I want to go to you first, like given, given the tenor, tenor and nature of the, the event, I mean, you're on, you're on every podcast in the world this week because you, you, you know, everybody wants to know. So like, you know, obviously if you want to see his actual crystal ball picks, you know, subscribe to, to 24 seven, it's worth it. But you know, what do we know beyond, beyond pleasant Eddie the third? Uh, yeah. So it seems like uh, out of those 40, uh, people that were on campus, a lot of them were 2023 kids. Uh, so those are the kind of prospects that you can start to look at. Okay. What's their timeline? Are they going to take official visits first? Are they looking to commit now? Um, and out of that, uh, predicament sort of most of them will be taking official visits. So for that reason, I never really expected too many commitments to come out of this weekend, but we did place three curse of all predictions. Um, Eddie Pleasance, we did not place in advance, um, because that was one of those things where he kind of told us about it in exchange for us not putting in the predictions. And then, <laughs> um, Jacob Odin is a 2024 kid that might not decide for a while, uh, maybe even longer than we thought it would go back when he put in the crystal balls, but these things are always fluid. But as for the other two, uh, you have Elliot Washington and you have Jalen Thompson, uh, Thompson's a crystal ball we already had in, and he's the cast tech defensive end, the four star. Um, he is probably going to decide here in the next month or so. If I had to guess, maybe he'll take it to official visits, but I don't think it goes any further than June. And, uh, Elliot Washington could be the soonest out of all of them. He is the Alabama four star commit uh, all the way down from Florida. He has the ties to Nehemiah Warwick, Marcus Waters, Sardarian Adams, former Spartans. And uh, same high school as Charles Brantley. He's a kid that uh, committed to Alabama a few months ago, but Mel Tucker did not stop there. And uh, Michigan State, it seems like, is on the verge of flipping a Nick Saban defensive back commit here in the near future if things go as we expect. So, so you said you said the magic words, which which leads me to a uh, to, to Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan, do you happen to remember uh, where you were when Nehemiah Warwick laid the wood and, and we hope that, that the Wisconsin wide receiver is okay? Yeah, I think, I think that's uh, kind of one of those moments in, in being an MSU fan where you, where you do remember where, where you were when, um, when Kyle Jefferson just fell. You know, you, you, hear, you, hear, a body, you hear a body break, and, and it's unfortunately one of those videos that, that gets played Every so, over, over every so again. often, over and over again on loop, you know, um, it just, it just kind of happens. And, and yeah, I think, I think for MSU fans all over, Elliot Washington was one of those kids that uh, you fall in love with the tape and then you, you hear him associated with those names like Nehemiah Warwick and, and Sir Darian Adams, and it gets you very excited about what could be. Um, there, there weren't a lot of uh, bright spots about the John L. Smith years, but uh, thinking about uh, names like that and recruits like that, those are are certainly themes that you'd like to bring back into this current rendition of Spartan football. And 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 obviously, like the way that that Darius Snow is playing that sort of hybrid wide receiver safety. I mean, I don't want to call it the bandit position, but you know, it's sort of the bandit position. So, um, Matt, what 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 were your thoughts, sort of coming off of spring ball? You know, um, obviously we had the, the televised game. Um, you know, I, I assume you got a chance to watch that. So like, what, what were your thoughts? Uh, um, yeah, I, uh, I thought Jaden Reed looked awesome. I mean, that goes without saying, but I think that's one of the bigger, uh, points to, to bring out. Um, I'm really just, I'm super excited to see what he does this year. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to jump on the, the hype train just yet, 
but I'm, he's definitely on the radar for it. Um, I mean, they have that, that, that high school connection, which everyone brings up, but at the same time. Oh, did you know, who has a high school connection? Oh, well, did you know that he and Peyton Thorne actually attended high school together and they, and he uh, threw to Jaden Reed throughout high school. Um, They even have a nickname for Jaden Reed of Bird. uh, So he calls him Bird. But um, I'm, I actually didn't I, know that last part. Oh, really? <laughs> I actually didn't. Yeah, I, uh, watch a watch a lot of uh, MSU YouTube, and um, they. Uh, I mean, I always thought Jane Reed last year was going to go pro over Jalen Naylor, and I think a lot of people did. So it's really exciting to see what a guy who I thought was our, our number one wide receiver is still staying, and what he's going to do, what he does to. Um, open up the other two receivers who um, I'm not sure whether the third is going to be Keon Coleman or whoever's in that, but it looks like Trey Mosley is going to be number two. And um, so I'm, I'm excited on that end. Um, and then, yeah, the fact that it wasn't really a game more of a practice due to uh, having uh, maybe four and a half uh, <laughs> offensive linemen is a, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but uh, right. Well, well, obviously sort of, you know, Obviously, the the offensive line thing is is something to to sort of keep an eye on. But um, as as we talked about with Justin the last time Justin was here, um, there is sort of some help coming. Um, Brian Green, uh, the the offensive line transfer is is going to be coming in the summer. Um, and uh, as as a reminder, sort of like portal season's not over. Um, a lot of people are going to have some frank conversations, and you know, this week at Michigan State, next week for other schools about like, hey, uh, we're through spring and um, you're behind guys who are not on campus yet. Um, so that that's, you know, just just sort of some some like uh, some honesty, like I, I'm not going to ask Justin to like predict who's leaving. But, you know, if you're if you're watching sort of Michigan State closely and you hear them mention certain names over and over and over again, um, who are younger than other names that they used to mention and don't mention anymore or, or used to get say a lot of uh, carries and, you know, maybe there were two running backs who were brought in. Um, you, you start doing some math on, on how there are only so many carries to go around um, so many roles to go around. So um, Justin, I, I do want to ask you about that. I'm not going to you know, ask any names, but sort of what, what are your thoughts on if there are going to be additional spots in the portal, where do you think Michigan state would go with those? So um, Michigan State can only bring in one more portal addition no matter what because there's a 32-person, I guess, initial counter rule where you can only bring in 32 people per academic year or something of that sort. And Michigan State has brought in 31. Uh, So they do have one more spot left, but they also do need to have uh, 84 people on the roster before that or not before that person's brought in, but you have to be at 85 scholarships. And right now they're hovering around 90. So you need about six guys to leave and you want one more person to join. So the, the number six might be fluid. Who knows when maybe with somebody leaving today or yesterday that has changed, but essentially they need a handful of guys to exit and they can bring in up to one more guy. And with that spot, it has to be offensive tackle. No question about it. They need somebody to, um, either start because you know that you're probably not going to get through the whole season with Horst and Brown playing every single game. If you're like somehow miraculously able to do that, I think you can probably um, kick that person inside the guard because I'm not entirely impressed with uh, whoever will be playing right guard, whether it's the loser of the battle between Samak um, or Green or whoever it may be. I think um, there's a chance that if you can get a really good portal addition, that person could play there. Or like I was just saying earlier, you need the depth. So has to be offensive tackle because right now, if, if horse misses some games or if Spencer Brown twists an ankle, I have zero idea what they would do at tackle. Maybe Brandon Baldwin, maybe Ethan Boyd a year early. So it, it would not be good. Who, who's to say you really need five offenses, yeah. right? Like, like yeah. uh, you know, people saying that, but you know, you yeah. could have four, you know, could right. have three, 
you know, yeah, I, just, I, just play seven receiver sets. Revolutionize. <laughs> we're, we're hearing a lot of whispers about this being an entirely new offense next year, and, and <laughs> expecting a lot of different wrinkles. And and who knows, maybe maybe Jay Johnson does have uh, one last yeah. trick up his sleeve with with a, a unique right. left tackle tight end role. Or, right. Yeah. I have seen uh, another school in Michigan line up originally in a full eye formation, and that's just one offensive lineman on the line of scrimmage. So that, that's true. That was that was that was it was it was revolutionary. It changed. The- yeah, it changed the way I saw the game. <laughs> um, but you know, like look, like like every Jay Johnson has said over and over again, like the the MVP of his offense is tight end, and we think that's because the tight end can be a pass catcher. But you don't know that. I mean, maybe maybe it's just like he's just a killer run blocker. Uh, Michael Dennis was technically a tight end uh, at Michigan State uh, for five years. Uh, he was a tackle, but he was technically a tight end. Um, so, so Jonathan, I, I I wanted to get your 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 thoughts. You know, obviously we'll talk a, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about recruiting in the in the back half of the episode um, because you know beyond just the, the crystal ball things, like there there are some. You know, there were two five stars on campus at Michigan mm-hmm. State at the same time, um, which I, I've been following Michigan State recruiting since Nick Perry, so 2006. And I don't know that that's ever happened before. Um, certainly not two five stars who are not from the state of Michigan. Uh, but, but talking about the team as it is, uh, what, what's a, a, a spot that you're, you know, beyond offensive line, which we can talk about to death, what, what's a spot that you, you found yourself paying closest attention to throughout the spring and and as we as we go into fall camp yeah I I think one of the the interesting things about um uh the way that that we've had roster construction under the Mel Tucker era is that your spring football is really only telling you so much uh some of it is telling you about kind of the holdovers from last year and and who's kind of made that improvement on on their own after after bowl practices have ended and and it also is is telling you about what's missing and the gaps and 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 uh the things that you should be excited about because you're not currently seeing them with the the way the roster is currently there and and so i think uh running back is for instance in an area where uh, it, it's uh, exciting to to think about what a player like Jarek Broussard might be doing when he when he shows up to campus, right? I, I think we are all kind of looking for that that spark. I think there's excitement around Jalen Berger, but uh, wondering about maybe what that that complement might be uh, alongside him. Uh, and I, I think kind of uh, the um, the pass rushers are are another uh, similar element, right? We we got uh, some of our our tastes of of some of these these new uh, SEC blood, but but it's uh, very much a, a next man up and, and very much excited about uh, who's going to emerge there. We're hearing a lot of uh, names uh, like the Petrowskis and the Barrows and the Slades, but I'm really excited about, you know, the, the Brules rules and the Bogles and, and, and getting to, to see what these players are looking like against when you have more than uh, the four or five offensive linemen and what the, the defensive linemen and those pass rushers under, under Brandon Jordan might do uh, against some of the, the non-conference schedule in that, that early season. And, and against some of the, the fifth or sixth or seventh offensive linemen who might come around, uh, around come summer and fall. So, so I actually think that's sort of one of those things that, um, that I remember from last year, right? Like there were, there's these like, um, whispers last spring and, and Xavier Henderson, I think like had a quote from around the Michigan game where it was like, someone asked him about, uh, Kenneth Walker. And he was like, yeah, um, we all thought that we sucked. We were like, this dude is either really good or we are really bad. Um, and against the run Michigan state last year was decidedly not bad because the last time Michigan state was bad against the run was like 2006 pre D'Antonio, um, because mm-hmm. even like the Jonal St. D era, like they were, they were fine. Um, so he was a name that came up and like, like, you know, like now that Mel Tucker is like really interested in, in former players being around, like Jonal St. D came up and I was like, Hey, that was a guy I used to pin a lot of happiness. That's a remembering <laughs> some guys for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but, but it was, it, it was an interesting thing because a lot of the things that came out were in terms of transfers were about, um, a mere speed. Um, so Matt, like what, what are your, obviously like corner was a, 
I mean, look, it wasn't as bad as people think it was. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in group chats talking about uh, yards per play and yards per pass as opposed to total numbers. Um, but obviously it wasn't great. So what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on, on speed and, and the guys who are returning? I mean, Williams, Kimbrough, um, Brantley, uh, I'm missing one, Lowry. Lowry, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm super excited about seeing that transfer from Amir Speed. Um, you do have the folks that'll, that'll nay say and say that, oh, well, it's, uh, you know, he, he couldn't cut it on the Georgia roster and things like that. But, I mean, that's a national people championship. people are dumb. Yeah, they're dumb. <laughs> that's a national champion, champion defense. And, um, you know, I, I'm really just excited to see what he does out there. And I think that we're going to see a, little, a, a, a bit of a turnaround in corner where – we're going to have a lot of team scheming to really test um, that position group uh, throughout, I, I guess, throughout the season. Cause they'll, they'll know towards the end of the season when we had one or two guys go down that all of a sudden um, that became a glaring, glaring weakness <laughs> for like mm-hmm. the last, last two games. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to just not have to worry about uh, the stress of watching a game where a team uh passes and tries to kill us with a thousand cuts because uh, that is just uh, really painful on the body to go through an entire game where <laughs> they are completing third down passes every single time <laughs> that I, that Miami game took years off of my life because oh like, my god I, I don't know how a person can yell at the screen as often as I did they are going to run a hitch to the wide side. <laughs> like I, I, I like, and, and like, it, it's not like I thought Scotty Hazleton didn't know that. Right. Like, like it's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm not that type of fan, but it was just like, I understand there are problems, but I don't want that route. Like, like beat me with another route. Like, let me, let me see a, a slant or something. Yeah. It was always a pass to Rambo right at the sideline and I was like I am going like I still think of that game and in my head I'm like we lost and I was like no way we won that game but I was just so furious the whole time and I was in public watching it and it was I was one of those guys in the in public just screaming at the tv like what is what is this don't do this for me I was watching that game on like an interstate highway driving between Pittsburgh and State College going to the whiteout game so it would keep cutting out the feed on my phone would keep cutting out. So I'd see the game. It'd be third and seven. Then it freezes. It comes back later. It's first and 10 every <laughs> single time that Miami had the ball. Uh, that, that, that game, like, and it's, and it's, it's tough because it's like, we can laugh about it because it was a, what was it? It was a 21 to nothing fourth quarter. Um, like th- I think that was like the first time that the deep water became like a thing. Right. 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 Like that right. was, the, that was the, when he said, like, we wanted to drag them down to the deep water where we are. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, Oh, we are, <laughs> we are going to latch onto this quote. Thank you. Um, yeah. We thought we got rid of the the crazy quotes with D'Antonio and, and it's like, <laughs> no, they, they got even crazy. They got yeah. even cooler. Yeah. But like, now he I, screams them. I, I will say about D'Antonio is that like D'Antonio does have, have one of like, like, and, and, and even his non-remembered quotes were, were phenomenal. People don't remember the, should we have a moment of silence for Michigan season? And that was day one. That was delightful work on, on, on the part of Coach D'Antonio. But, um, mm-hmm. but just sort of talking about you know, the team as it is and, and, and what we've seen out of spring. Uh, Justin, obviously you're, you're pretty plugged into to what's going on, even though we, we only saw one practice. Um, there, there were certain names that, that kept being brought up. Um, throughout the spring and and names uh, that that you didn't necessarily expect um and and I want to ask you about two of them for for different reasons one of them is is Davion Pripp um whose name for some reason kept coming up and um I I have two theories on this and and I want to get your sense on on which one this is like sometimes the second one yeah it's the second one it's it's the one where he just doesn't want to transfer (laughs) (laughs) okay go go ahead and what what are the two theories the two theories one is that this person is about to have a breakout year and the other one is this this kid is really good and is thinking about transferring and we can't have him transfer um and and i wonder i wondered like what what your what you were hearing what what your thoughts are on on sort of a name that prior to this year i i I mean prior to the spring i probably would have told you like yeah, I don't, I, I don't know that that yeah. guy exceeds right. 10 carries in his career. Right, Whereas right. now I'm thinking like, is he going to get 10 carries in the second game? 
Right. I, I was right there with you of the original expectations. And I think out of those two theories, I think it's something in between. I don't think Davion transfers this season, no matter what, but I think he might be somewhere, somewhere where like the staff sees that he has shown some flashes and they would ideally like to see him just keep attacking it, taking his preparation up a level and maybe play next year um, in a significant fashion. So I think it's one of those things where, they just want him to maybe take it up another notch because they really see something in him that maybe even they weren't expecting because I know um, pretty much everybody had the same opinion of, yeah, this is a nice kid for our 2021 class, given our expectations, given where the program is, given the lack of evaluation. And now they treat him like he's like a heralded gem of a recruiting class. So I think he has exceeded expectations. He has kind of bust through the glass ceiling that everybody had for him. And now they kind of want to just want see him like keep up that trajectory and then maybe burst onto the scene next year. I don't think this year he's getting too many carries kind of regardless or that he's transferring. Okay. Um, There was a a running back transfer um, that got announced yesterday. Um, Donovan Eaglin, who, who I think was part of that first 2020 class, like committed, like super late to Mel Tucker. No, 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 no. He was the very, very end of the D'Antonio 2020 class, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so he was, he was behind the eight ball, so to speak. (laughs) Um, we wish him, we wish him nothing but but the best. Um, as we've talked about on this podcast, there are certain Spartans who transfer, who we, we say sayonara and, and others who are like, I hope he does well. Um, right. Basketball gives the best example of that. For example, um, a point guard who transferred last year, nothing but the best. A power forward, uh, you know. <laughs> um, so the other name that I wanted to ask you about, specifically um, given the transfer question, um, was the news that Ben Van Sumeren, 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 BVS, uh, not leaving. So he had announced that he was transferring and then suddenly um, in the spring game, like there he was not only, not only getting reps, but getting reps next to Cal Halliday, which tells us that he's um, if not a starter, then that's certainly in the playing group. Um, So, so what, what happened there? I mean, does he just like really love his brother and like brought him back or or what? So the, the thing that I kind of gathered there was, uh, when he was at Michigan, he didn't really feel any sort of real attachment to the culture or kind of the buy-in just wasn't there. At Michigan State, it was there. He really did like the staff. He really did like the culture. So it was harder for him to leave this place than it was Michigan. And he really wanted to do all it could to all he could to make it work. And a place where he could definitely have a role because he did tighten up his fluidity. He was always one of those workout warriors that would always be putting up crazy bench press and like press reps. Um, But he kind of had to work on his explosiveness laterally. And as a result, I think he will be a a better player this year. I don't see him being a traditional linebacker and getting a lot of reps. But what I think he can do is kind of have a role as a stand-up edge rusher in a pseudo four-two-five that has three-three-five personnel, where one of the linebackers is a is strictly a rusher that lines up in a defensive end spot, but as a stand-up edge, and he just rushes the passer. Uh, I think kind of D'Antonio tried to do that with Brandon Brandon Randall um, a few years ago. Yeah, and Willikis uh, did it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think Ben Van Sumeren can have a role doing that in certain situations. And honestly, that's probably more of a role than he'll have at most places. If he transferred down a level, I think maybe he could play as a traditional linebacker, but I think he'll have a, a niche role in that regard. And um, he could pretty much kill it when his pro day comes. So, you know, he can kind of carve out a nice role for him and maybe make something out of that. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of see him transition into maybe that sort of a role. Yeah, and, and what we're really excited about is this sponsor. I don't apologize for the manner in which I conduct my podcast. <laughs> so, you know, it, it just is what it is. Like, I, I, I need to, to know where the, where the sponsor is. You need to know, uh, dear listener. So, um, so obviously, we, we, we've talked a, a little bit about the team such as it is. Um, but the biggest thing here and it's it's a weird thing because uh growing up Jonathan and I uh specifically played a lot of NCAA football and 
at certain points, we would, we would simulate the games to get to the recruiting. And I have a sense that Mel Tucker uh, would do the same if he could. Uh, <laughs> like if he could just simulate the games and get to the recruiting, um, I think that he, he might be interested in that. So um, obviously this, this weekend uh, had probably more talent on Michigan State's campus than at any time since I'm going to say Saban because people forget this about Nick Saban because it was before the 24-7 and Rivals era. Um, but he did bring in like top three guys, top five guys. Um, like Jeff Smoker was the number two, I, number one or number two quarterback in the country. Um, TJ Duckett was a five-star. Charles Rogers had a shout for like best player in the country. Um, and, and Nick Saban did bring those in, but he, he just didn't stick around. Um, like he, he, he got over sanctions and then had a year where he went 10 and two, um, people forget that about Saban, uh, at Michigan state. He was successful. He just started under sanctions because George Perlis, um, well, uh, anyways, so I, I want to sort of, to, to, to go to, uh, to you, Jonathan, um, you and I have been, and, and I'm, I'm going to go to you about this because I've known you since we started paying attention to recruiting, um, what are, what are your thoughts on sort of like from like a sort of detached fan perspective, such as, such as it is, you know, obviously Justin like knows the recruits themselves, but you know, you and I, I think probably know names on, on a computer. What are your thoughts on sort of the star power after, after years of, of us calling Michigan fans stargazers and now they're saying, how are they getting this much talent? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. And, and I, I think the reason where, or the area where I'll push back is that I don't necessarily think it's it's stargazing, but I do think that the the mold of recruit that that Mel Tucker has gone after and has succeeded in bringing in is completely different than anything that that has been sought after by previous coaches and and I think um, like a fundamental example of it is is we're not seeing a lot of like the 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 gritty Hoosiers coaches sons who like hopefully you know he's five foot eleven but maybe he can put his foot on the uh, foot on the line because he just wants it more than the other guys <laughs> we're we're seeing the exact opposite approach and and I think it's something that not only has MSU not really brought to the table but it's something that uh, other coaches in the Big Ten aren't really going after we are we are truly trying to find an NFL build of player and and coach them to play in the big 10 and and when you look at the exciting players who are brought in not only from the star caliber right these these uh high level four star defensive ends and and running backs uh but when you also look at kind of the cornerback build and some of the safety build and just some of the um i know um I, I forget uh, the terminology that Pat Narduzzi used to use for, for those secondary uh, players, but just the number of tools that you're able to throw in there and, and kind of use at, at your disposal is, is I think, a, a very exciting prospect. So it, it's more than just the, the stars to me. Like, uh, uh, you know, I, I still remember how excited we were when we, we ultimately, like, pushed through on the five-star and were able to, to push through and get a, a Will Golston or or get a Lawrence Thomas, who I, who I know was ultimately downgraded to like a four-star, but, but it's truly a five-star in the, in the eyes of most people who are following MSU recruiting. Um, Those were obviously exciting, but, but to me, what, what's more exciting is the idea of seeing these recruits come to campus and you're like, you could be playing anywhere. And regardless, three years from now, you're going to the NFL and you're going to get drafted pretty early. And, and, and that's actually an interesting point about like the, like the, the build and the, and the sort of the profile um, because D'Antonio did get a couple of those guys. They just happened to be two stars. Um, like Trey Waynes is, is a Mel Tucker build corner, just 0.2 seconds slower than you'd like. Um, and it turned out he got, he was very fast. He just like tested poorly or something, whatever it was with Trey Waynes um, for, you know, that he was a low three star, but he was like, six, three and rangy and, and, and long. Um, and that's what, what you see with like Amir speed and, and, um, you know, Chuck Brantley was, was getting a lot of those shouts. Um, Caleb Coley, sort of the same thing. Whereas with Michigan state, you were like, man, I really hope that five foot nine Josiah Scott or five foot eight Shakur Brown, um, turns into a guy. And both of them did. I mean, D'Antonio did have an, an eye for corners. Um, but, but there you were looking for the exception. And D'Antonio was really, really good at the exception. 
Um, but the thing is, is that you're going to miss on the exception more often than not, because that's how that works in statistics. Um, well, and, and you'll never win a playoff game with the exception no right like uh, uh you'll you'll be able to beat your rival with the exception you'll be able to to bring home some of your your fun trophies you'll be able to to uh, kick the shit out of a directional school uh but but you're not going to beat an sec school uh in front of x thousand people in dallas uh uh with some diamonds in the rough right like yeah um because because like if like just to use the analogy like do you know what's better than a diamond in the rough like a, a polished diamond. Yeah, a very nice diamond. Yeah. <laughs> like like a diamond that you, you could get it at, at Tiffany's, who's not a sponsor. Uh, but Tiffany's, if you would like to give us money, we will take it because we're happy to do so. diamonds. Yeah, yeah, we'll take diamonds for sure. We're we'll sponsored take by diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by the, just a diamond. Um, I don't want to be sponsored by the diamond industry. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Like you I can't I, take your sponsors. You you leave yeah. it blank. You 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 make us be quiet. You the sponsor picks you. Uh, like like Ollivander's wand shop, uh, the sponsors pick us, uh, and the sponsors tell us who we really are. Um, so Matt, I, I I wanted to get your your sense on this. Um, obviously, like the recruits that we're seeing, the 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 the, the caliber of recruit that we're seeing. Um, what what's your sort of sense? Like, how do you feel about what what Mel Tucker's doing and and especially as compared to, you know, when you were at school, you know, you were, you were there for the D'Antoni era as well. So, yeah. Like- um, I can tell you, I'm paying a lot more attention. Um, and I think during, during the D'Antonio era, it was like, there were exciting guys. And now it's like, every time there's an announcement or every time there's a major recruiting uh, or major recruit going on, and maybe it's because social media has evolved a little bit more. Um, you see Michigan state involved in it a lot more. And I, I, think the bit major credit has to go to what the staff has done um, regarding uh, social media, regarding how they're approaching recruiting, how they are, I mean, taking the relentless approach and not afraid to continue to recruit people. And even if they say no, they're still asking, they're still staying in contact. I think you're seeing um, the, the work ethic that's required to get some of these guys when you can't just land them off of being, Hey, we're MSU yet, you know, that might be down the road, but right now from where MSU is, is that you do need to bust ass to kind of get to where you can get these guys attention. You have to, to put out a lot of content on uh, social media. You have to put out a lot of video content. So I, it's really exciting because it makes the, it makes football kind of go year round Mm -hmm. versus like start in the fall and end in the winter. And now now it's fun to see what happens in the offseason. The transfer portal's done an even better job of that. And you see the staff embrace all of those things where I, I don't know if, if the transfer portal rules, if Mark D'Antonio would really embrace it as much as Mel Tucker. And you, you I mean, you even look at Mark D'Antonio's uh, Twitter during when he was coach at MSU, it's just wishing players happy birthday and love him to death and all that. But I think towards the end, we made a little bit too many bets on trying to find those diamonds in the rough you guys mentioned. And it's great to see Mel Tucker, even if those first year or two um, of, of his, his tenure were, we weren't able to land a lot of those guys. We're starting to now see that happen. And those, those gains he's made um, really, really come to fruition now. And I think we're going to see more of it uh, each coming year. Um, really until we, we, I guess, see the peak, whether we know it or not, but I, I don't think we're even there yet. And that's what, that's what makes it so crazy and exciting is it's like, oh my God, this is, this is accelerating at, at such a rate we didn't expect when Mark D'Antonio retired. And now we're, we're almost just back into it and almost had only just like three years of, of downside. So, Absolutely. Um, it's exciting. Uh, long story short. Yeah, no, no, no. I, and, and, and like, that's sort of the point, right? Like, it's like during the D'Antonio era and certainly the late D'Antonio era, probably post 2016, if we're being honest, like, it's like recruiting was just like, okay, who, who is the best player in Lima, Lima, Ohio? Like, okay, great, cool. You know, and, and look, like a lot of those guys, like Jeff, Jeff Piotrowski was one of those guys and he's, he's absolutely turned into a piece here. Um, but you know, it's a little bit different when he's like the guy and when he's 
you know, surrounded by Chris Bogle and, you know, maybe in the future, you know, you're, you're looking at guys like, um, you know, you know, Etta or, or Andrew DePape, who's, who's a commit um, Jalen Thompson, who, who Justin mentioned, or this next guy, which is what I, I, I want to bring to, to Justin. There, there were two five stars on campus um, coming into this cycle. Uh, I, I think Michigan state's fans, the way that we are, like we had identified one five-star and he probably was not going to come. Uh, and that's Dante Moore. Um, but there were two, two five stars on campus, uh, a running back, Ruben Owens, uh, and, and a defensive end who I'd never heard of prior to like the, the like graphics saying he was coming on an official or an, an unofficial visit, uh, David Hicks. So what's sort of the, the story there? Like what's, what's going on with those two? Like, should we, so, should we care or, or is it like provisional care? So those two you should care about, but then there was also a third five-star that was on campus this week, Francis Mauigoa, top 10 oh. um, player for IMG Academy. He is someone that is not really somebody you should get invested in right now. Um, I'm hearing Tennessee is going to make a strong push in the next few weeks. And a we know strong, how strong ass push. <laughs> yes, that is, that, I think so. So, um, yes. And then as for David Hicks and Ruben Owens, um, they have a trainer slash, um, brand manager slash personal development coach. That is we know. really, we got it. We got yeah, it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a really good, um, connection to have down in Texas. He visited Michigan state a couple weeks ago with 2024 wide receiver, Andrew Marsh. He kind of really liked what the staff was all about and they kind of connected on a deeper level than just some of these coaches that, um, you kind of like, uh, he basically said the vibe was a little different in East Lansing than what they see at a lot of the schools that they go to. And he went down there and he told, uh, David Hicks and Ruben Owens, they're like, Hey guys, Michigan state is not just like a vanity project with like the show on social media and all this and all that. Like they have a real genuine thing going on over there. And those guys listened to him. They came up right away uh, for the spring game. And uh, my colleague, Corey Robinson, uh, basically kind of uh, has been hearing so far that those two guys are going to try to coordinate their official visits back to East Lansing in June. So it'll depend on when the parents can get some days off and, and how that will kind of come together. But those two are guys that's worth, that are worth paying attention to. And then Samson Okunwola is a five-star that visited back in March. He's another realistic candidate. And uh, those are three five stars that I think is worth paying attention to right now. And uh, I think uh, Michigan State might have a shot at landing a five star this year. Uh, and 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 for those of our listeners, um, you know, if if you're not uh, if you're new to the Michigan State recruiting game, um, everything that Justin just said is insane um, because Michigan State it, in the entire rivals. 24-7 era, as far as I'm aware, or in, in the 24-7 era, uh, as far as I'm aware, by final, like final rankings, Michigan State has secured one, two total. Um, didn't, did, did, I think McDowell lost his five-star at the end. Um, so, so it was, it was Will Golston and, and that's, that's the list. Um, so the fact that, that there are potentially three, I mean, I, I know that Justin is not, I'm, I'm not ascribing Justin any, any, um, uh, promises, no crystal balls on the, on the five stars, but like the fact that like, this isn't like a Harold Perkins, you like, you don't have to pay attention to this. It's, it's like, it's fine. Uh, is, is sort of wild to be honest. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it really is. I don't know if has, you guys probably know better than me. Has Michigan state ever had three out of region five stars visit in a year? No. Okay. Yeah. So they had it in a day. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, Michigan State, like, and, and this is, is sort of how D'Antonio operated. Michigan State didn't target people south of Ohio. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, I, I, and it's funny because um, D'Antonio was successful with it. And Tom Izzo has, has been the most, you know, has been literally a Hall of Fame coach, not recruiting east uh, or west of Gary, Indiana. Like, right. he, he tried to do it stop doing it because certain things happened in yeah. uh, Illinois. Uh, if, if you're interested, dear listener, in looking up how Chicago recruiting works, just look up the story of Jabari Parker. Just, just <laughs> you know, look into that one. Uh, but, but Dan, you know, Mel Tucker, he's, he's literally, he doesn't care. And it's, it's a funny thing because um, for the entirety of 
college football history. And I, I, I can say this confidently. I'd like, you know, like uh, Bill Connolly has a good book on, on the history of college football. Um, but literally if it's based on where you're from, right? Like if you can't, if, if your state doesn't produce talent, you're not good, which is why the traditional powers are, are in states that produce talent, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was going to say the university of Texas, they're not a power. They suck. Um, but now people are much more willing to, to leave because your parents can watch you on TV. That was the whole thing is that um, till the mid mid eighties, you, you couldn't, there, there was one game on TV a, a week. And now like I can watch Michigan state from California. Well, and also you can pay players to, to come to your, you school. always could. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's much easier uh, uh, to have those transactions move people physically across state lines. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I do want to say just on that note, I really want to give a quick shout out to uh, Southern Methodist university um, for having probably my favorite Twitter graph. They walked, ever. they walked so Mel could run. <laughs> yeah. Like having a gold trans am in your recruiting thing, when that got you the death penalty shows just, just amazing. Amazing. I like, I, I want to say chutzpah. Like, I don't even know what the right word is for putting a gold trans am in, in your recruiting draft graphic. Um, but, but shout out SMU, you know, really it shows we, how far we've come you know as yeah a, in the ncaa it's great yeah and and like to be to be clear here um yale got in trouble in the early 1900s for paying players uh illegally like this <laughs> this is not like a new like so 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 if if any of our listeners have parents because that's that's what we're talking about who are like oh man i can't believe they're paying players this is going to really ruin college football ask ask your parent when they didn't pay players like ask ask for a year because they have always paid players. It's just now those players like can get something closer to market and also have to pay taxes. As a separate point, the Smith Workforce Management Group does advise athletes on NIL deals uh, and the tax implications thereof. Uh, that, that's I, would, I, would all, I, I should I should backtrack a little bit and and I I don't think it's fair to say that we are paying players, but I do think that it is very fair to say that. United Wholesale Mortgage is just <laughs> one of the top financial service companies to work for in Michigan, but it's also a very fun place to work. Check out all of the perks their team members have available to them here. Uh, and that, that's, 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 you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure that the, the Michigan State football players and basketball players who tweet out their love of United Wholesale uh, Mortgages are doing so organically uh, or certainly for market rate. Uh, I, I wouldn't know. I can't comment on any contracts that I've seen or not seen. Uh, but but I'm sure that it is a fair uh, payment in exchange for services. Um, but anyways, uh, Matt, I, I, I want to sort of uh, go back to you, and then and then we're gonna we're gonna go uh, rapid fire here about about how we feel about the uh, the recruiting here. But as as sort of a as as a fan who pays close attention to this, and as a as someone who 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 has expressed like you know, paying attention to, to the transfer portal, paying attention to um, the, the recruiting. Um, who's, who's a player from last year's recruiting cycle um, that, you, that you're really excited about? Because we, we often do this and, and it's like shiny new toy time where it's like, ah, we've signed, uh, you know, Kattenhauser, let's forget about him for three years. But that, that you know, these kids are on campus. So given sort of what we've heard out of spring, like what, who, who are you most excited about? Um, I would probably say uh, Alex Van Sumeren. Um, I think that was a, a really, that was probably of the recruiting last summer was the, the one I, I probably was uh, the most excited about. Um, he has a lot of speed, a lot of good technique. Um, I've heard rumors that he might be uh injured for the spring game or he was or didn't play in the spring game um but i think oh i I see a nod from justin uh so but um from everything i I, i've heard is that he should be still able to play in the season so i really am excited to see if he um really kind of shows out this season um and especially with you know a lot of the pass rush coaching we have with that um, I mean, overall, the pass rush is something I'm really intrigued to see and really dialed in. 
um, to, to just see how this, this whole Brandon Jordan hire works, where it's a gamble or not, but recruiting wise, it's showing that it's a success. So I'm wondering if the on the field, um, the on the field results will, will show the same. So um, ABS, ABS all the way. So I'll, I'll be, I'll be definitely looking when he's on the field. All right. That, that's, that's as good an answer as, as, as any. So, um, so really quick, Justin, I, I know that you, you get paid to do this. So asking you to do this thing that you get paid for, for free uh, is a pet peeve of mine. Like, I don't like it when people ask me to provide uh, legal services for free, but I'm going to ask you to do your job for free for a second. Um, outside of the players that, that you've already mentioned in terms of, you know, crystal balls that you've already put in and, and, you, and, and you've, you've made clear that you don't put those in on a whim, um, you know, you, because you have standards and, and are an adult who doesn't just like toy with people's emotions to get subscriptions. Like maybe uh, some other people, um, I'm not going to name names, um, but they have a last name that is another uh, name for a country. Uh, not going to name names uh, about anybody. EJ. Uh, anyways, um, make sure you put parentheses around his name. When right, right, right. Uh, so uh, Dutch people aside. Um, so what, what, what do you think of, of the recruits and of the people who you haven't mentioned, you know, who, who are you thinking like, okay, this is, this is someone um, that not only Michigan state is, is in on, but, but someone who, who I, I think it, they, they have a good shot with. Uh, Enow Etta and Jordan Hall are the two guys that were at the spring game that immediately come to mind. Um, actually, Enow, I, we put in a crystal ball recently, but that was one of those rare crystal balls we put in where there's no, um, commitment date on the horizon. And that was just something that we feel the lead is so concrete that it's kind of too notable to ignore at this point. So he fits the mold there. Uh, he'll be taking his official visits before committing. And then, Jordan Hall, same thing, taking his official visits before committing. But I think uh, Michigan State would have to kind of – it's their recruitment to lose there. And uh, those are two four-star top 247 guys. I think Enow is even a top 60 player according to 24-7. So uh, those, those two guys are really exciting. Um, there's, there's so many offensive linemen that I can't even say – uh, who's going to be part of Michigan State's class because it really is just going to be a race to commit. But Elijah Page is a guy that um, I guess we should have done a better job uh, putting his name out there sooner. But uh, we saw him at the spring game, great build. And he's a guy that he's only a three-star, but his offer list is better than a lot of four-stars. And Michigan State would be thrilled to have him commit. He is absolutely a take. And I think this past week uh, made a huge impact on him. Uh, I kind of want to go as far as to say I like him better than at least half of the four stars that visited Michigan State at an offensive tackle this past month or so. And uh, he's a guy that they sit in a really good spot with. Cole Dellinger is an in-state kid. Uh, that's, a, that's a guard from Clarkston. Uh, those are kind of the guys that immediately come to mind that I would say that Michigan State has a lead with. I'm sure there's a couple others that I'm forgetting, but everybody else, for the most part, is a recruitment where they still have work to do to establish what I would consider a lead. Uh, all right, so so listeners, those are those are names that that you should you should be uh, aware of. Um, Jonathan, Matt, uh, be, because you guys aren't necessarily. I mean, unless I, there's something I don't know about your your background. Uh, on recruiting sites, I guess you could be like one of you could be Spartan Rocky or something, uh, and and like be be very big in, into one of these things. Um, I actually I, I think Spartan Rocky like un anonymous himself. Uh, anyways, uh, so so what what with with the amount that you guys pay attention with the with the amount that you guys sort of are are following these things, uh, Jonathan, I'll go to you first. Um, is there a player, you know, in this class who you're like, regardless of, of where Michigan State stands with them, um, you're like, man, I really want him to be part of the class. Uh, you know, actually, I, for me, it was Ben Enoetta uh, uh, from the get-go. I, I think looking at the, the kinds of pass rushers that you were hoping you would start seeing when you, when you get a, a Brandon Jordan type hire um, and, and knowing that that, that is seemingly kind of the hand selected one uh, across the country where you're only bringing in so many uh to it seems a little bit like a pipe dream at first where it didn't necessarily seem like 
a sure thing and then maybe it was going to be one where we would have to settle maybe it's it's a tall kid with poor technique or a, a short kid a short kid with very good technique but but to get like a an entire package someone from texas someone who texas programs are wanting someone that that sdc schools alabama is wanting and and to be able to to kind of get another uh recruit over those types of programs that you're you're hoping to see in in those bowl games come january those are uh those, that's the type of recruit that's very exciting to me and matt what about you um i would say ruben owens um i think uh, he's number one in Texas, number one running back in Texas. Justin, you might need your uh, knowledge on that. He's the he's, number one running back in the nation. My bad. Okay. That's right. Well, that's basically the same thing. And uh, That's true. I mean, if he if he comes to Michigan State as the quote-unquote prince of East Lansing, as he's been <laughs> that was quoted as quote. saying, um, I mean, I think that – uh, is a exciting for recruiting. It's awesome for recruiting to have that. It's huge. It's a huge momentum boost. And it also solidifies a lot of things that, uh, I mean, there's already plenty solidified about the staff's recruiting ability. This would further do, solidify that. And yet then you can imagine him actually being on the team where we have a guy who is that pro level generational level talent that say like Kenneth Walker was, and then you still have now an even better team built up around him where I think this past year, Kenneth Walker was erasing. They call him the eraser because he basically uh, helped prevent a lot of disasters uh, just and, from being that talented. And sometimes like erased uh, defensive ends who yeah. for some reason went to New York and are going to be drafted number one overall for reasons that I remain unclear to me. <laughs> made them disappear. I mean, there's, there's there's plenty of reasons, and they all they all start with a dollar. But no, they. Um, uh, I just it, it's crazy to imagine when you talk to Hype Cream of like, what if we had a Ruben Owens that was on the team, or imagine if Kenneth Walker was on a team, a Mel Tucker team that it was fully recruited by Mel Tucker, and then you have that type of guy. That's what uh, what really is 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 amazing for me. So. Um, that's what I'm super excited about. It'd be really cool to see. And that's one where it's like, whoa, that, that's a huge fish to, uh, to realize. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and my name, uh, that I'm going to put forward here and I'm, I'm going to be watching, uh, Justin's, um, reaction when I give this name to see exactly how excited I should be, uh, is, is, uh, Jelani Turum. Turum? Turum? You talk about, uh, Jelani Thurman? Thurman. I think it's just yes. Thurman. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so it turns out that there's um, the reason I got uh, that confused is because at the same time that I was looking at him, I was looking up Marcus Thurum, uh, who is a left winger in Germany. Um, different sport entirely. Uh, but, but Jelani Thurman, um, you know, because I, I actually am um, a believer in the concept of tight ends being um, like the thing because um, like a good tight end makes, makes everything just so much easier. So um, I think if, if Michigan state can start bringing in those elite level tight ends and actually using them because Michigan state um, traditionally could bring in tight ends uh, who are four-star level talents. And then they uh, told them to block power over and over again uh, with varying degrees of success, depending on whether or not Le'Veon Bell was in the backfield or not. So um, I think that that's, that's sort of a, a good spring recap. Um, it is, it is late where, where most of our, our panelists are, um, as well as uh, a reminder, we are recording this on Tuesday, um, which means that by the time you listen to this, I assume that all of this is going to be out of date and Michigan State will have five new uh, commits tomorrow and, and none of this will, will be useful. So, um, for, uh, so, so I, I, I don't know if uh, Jonathan, Matt, or, or Justin, if you have anything you want to promote, I'd like to give people the opportunity um, Nope. Okay. Uh, p- please follow uh, uh, Justin at Justin Thind on Twitter, but more importantly on Instagram, because uh, he's, he's essentially a Nike model at this point. Um, please follow uh, Matt at Maddie Meh on, on Twitter. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah that's that's okay. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll tweet that out. Um, and uh, you can find Jonathan uh, in the, swamps of west virginia uh in the the mountains of colorado 
wherever a man is yearning to be free, uh, you'll find Jonathan. Uh, but not under, uh, not under overpasses uh, between Oklahoma and California. He will not be there. Uh, that is Tom Joad territory. Uh, that, is, that is a Grapes of Wrath reference, and I'm proud of myself for that. Uh, so uh, you can find me at Diamonds Esquire. I'm not usually there, uh, but I'm usually on the, uh, the main account at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Uh, if it's not me, it's somebody else. I tell them to tweet out from the account. They rarely do, but pushing, hoping, hoping people do that. Um, thank you to our sponsors, uh, the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decided to put in. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your uh, local poorly recruiting Blue Blood uh, and fans of such a school. Um, probably not this episode, but other episodes. We talk a lot about Harry Potter. It's fun. Um, so, but, uh, dear listener, we obviously couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.